CBD market has boomed in the last few years. There are so many companies providing CBD now, and only a handful of them that have really committed to consumer safety. Among these is Colorado-based CB Distillery, and today we're talking with their CEO, Chase Terwilliger, about what's going on in this market. We discuss the differences between full-spectrum, broad-spectrum, and isolate CBD, and what CB Distillery customers prefer, how to find the right dose, when to expect FDA regulations to finally be enacted, and about the development of new products containing the so-called minor cannabinoids like CBG. This podcast, my website, cannaboomwithak.com, and my weekly newsletter, Five Boom Friday, are all focused on how cannabinoids and CBD can help you achieve better wellness and how to find CBD that's trusted and reliable. You can subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or your other favorite podcast player. And if you enjoy the show, please leave a review and help us expand our reach. And here is my interview with Chase Terwilliger. Cannabis is booming and Cannaboom is on it. Welcome to the Cannaboom podcast, where we interview experts on the changing story of humans, health, and hemp. From San Diego, here's your host, Tom Stacy. Hey, it's Tom. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have Chase Terwilliger, CEO of CB Distillery. Hey, Chase, how you doing? I'm doing well, Tom. Thanks for having me. So you are in Colorado, right? Correct. How is your pandemic quarantine going? Uh, it's it's fine. I mean, we're we're fortunate here where we have um, the mountains to get away and uh, be able to uh, still uh, have the social distance um, between each other. So, you know, it's 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 been all right. And uh, you know, they picked a good time of year, I guess. I don't know if that's the right way to say it for it because uh, springtime here um, and then early early summer and now summer um, has been easy to go out and enjoy the, the wonderful weather in the mountains here. Some of us can be tempted to forget about the needs to just move around and that is so huge just to get outside and be in the fresh air. Absolutely. You, you feel normal when you're out there um, amongst nature. So and uh, you're able to keep the company going and no problems? Yeah, yeah. We haven't had uh, too many hiccups. Um, we're uh, deemed an essential business. So uh, we have manufacturing and fulfillment here right south of Denver. And uh, that was able to stay open. Um, right now, I'm, I'm sitting in our office uh, in Denver. And we usually have about 80 people in the office and there's five in today. Um, you know, we have it kind of a soft open, um, but everybody just continues to work from home still. Um, and we haven't really seen any hiccups there. So we haven't we haven't pushed the agenda, just whatever everybody's comfortable with. Yeah. So it's good. It's one of those businesses that that you can keep going and uh, serving your customers who we've all seen. There's more of a, a demand than ever, I think, for for what you guys do. Absolutely. Yeah, we've seen demand pick up. Um, you know, we're one of the larger uh, e-commerce CBD companies, and we've seen a pretty big pickup in demand from individuals over this time. Now, you guys have been in business since 2016? Correct. How did the company get started, and when did you join? Yeah, in uh, about mid-2016, um, our founder and, and a couple others, um, our founder's name is Andy Papillion, um, he uh, was in the cannabis industry, and uh, they actually were running a cannabis logistics business uh, around the state, and they started seeing a demand for higher CBD um, strains. Uh, and then at the same time, he had a family member who came to him and said, um, they were sick with cancer and, and said, you know, it, 
uh, marijuana has, has been giving me benefits, uh, health benefits, um, tremendous benefits, but I, you know, I want to go back to work now and I don't want to feel high all day. And so, um, he kind of took that and, you know, talked to the attorneys and they said, well, why don't you extract from hemp? And he knew extraction really well. So in mid 2016, um, I think they got a spray vap and a few other little machines and, um, and started extracting CBD. Um, there was four or five of them at the time. And then they had to figure out what to do with it, right? Um, so not only could they provide it to their friends and family, but they were producing enough where they needed to find a way to sell it. And uh, so they put up a little Shopify website. And uh, one of the other uh, original founders um, had an Instagram following for uh, his extraction um, in the cannabis industry and said, hey, we're going to sell some CBD and we really want to sell it to you, you know, the highest quality um, at an accessible price. And we want to provide third party test results, which really wasn't a thing uh, in 2016. They put up a website and they did $100,000 in sales in one weekend. Um, which was pretty incredible. And so I, uh, I came on right after that, the week after, um, when they really knew that this thing could scale. And I, I came in a little skeptical, to be honest. I never had heard of CBD. Um, and uh, about a month in, the testimonials started coming in that what it has done for um, you know people, their friends, their family, their, their children. And uh, it was just overwhelming. And, um, and we really then uh, took the bull by the horns from there and, and started putting significant effort into um, fulfilling our mission of to get accessible CBD um, to everybody. Wow, what a great uh, origin story. I mean, in, in agile terms, it was a minimally viable launch that proved itself, and then you guys ramped it up from there. Yeah, I wish you could see the first website. It was definitely an MVP. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Well, and just the the organic um, demand for it that uh, that you guys recognized and were able to service. So that's a great story. And I think you you mentioned a couple things there that are worthy of digging into. And one, you know, the quality. There's there's a lot of companies out there. I, I think I read the other day about fifteen hundred <laughs> CBD companies, and not a lot. Well, zero real quality control. Um, and the other thing is there's we've seen the prices begin to come down but I, I noticed early that your brand was a little more reasonably priced yeah so as far as quality um there are 50 you know we hear 1500 we hear 3000 cbd companies too we know a lot of those are dying off right now um just with the pandemic unfortunately but um there's only a handful that I, I believe really comply by um, the quality standards that um, the FDA will put into place. Um, it's very expensive to comply by those. Um, it requires a lot of uh, like a whole quality department, um, but we've invested in that. It's, we've also invested in the science. Um, you know, we're the only company that has generally recognized as safe, self-affirmed generally recognized as safe, or you hear grass. Um, uh, for all three of our ingredients, which are broad spectrum, full spectrum, and isolate. Um, those are $100,000-plus studies um, that we get it reviewed by toxicologists, third-party um, toxicologists, to, um, to make sure that our products are safe. Um, you know, not many companies can say that. So we've really invested a lot in the quality. Um, 
you know, for our customers and to make sure that we're well positioned to win in the market in the future. Um, as far as price points go, um, that was one of kind of the first things that um, the team before me did was say that, you know, we want to be a brand for the people. Um, and, you know, we, we started, um, they started with the CBD movement and we've actually trademarked that, but, um, you know, you'll see it if you come to our office ever, it's everywhere. Um, but really the start of the CBD movement. And one of the things was not only provide a high quality product, not only be transparent about what's in our product, um, but also um, provided at an accessible price point. So in 2016, we had the same prices that we do today. Um, so it was substantially lower. You know, now we've seen our competitors come down and are getting closer to where we're at. Um, but um, at the time, it was there was a big, big delta there between uh, our competition and ourselves. For a while, it was mystifying why it would cost so much when it's an it's an herb out of the ground, like oregano. <laughs> so yeah. how could it how could it be so expensive? You know, there's a lot of misconceptions, and you mentioned people recognizing the value of medicinal marijuana, but not wanting to get high, and the fact that you can get just about all those benefits, and you don't have to be like intoxicated. Um, that aspect, and then as you touched on, really, even though it is an herb and out of the ground, there are still things there can be pesticide and mold and heavy metals, and you do want it tested because you're putting this into your body. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's incredibly important. And you um, wouldn't believe how many um, crops that we had that came in that did have, test high for pesticides or, or heavy metals that luckily, you know, we, we test from multiple labs too. That's another problem within the industry is that, you know, there's only so many reputable labs or at least there were. Um, but luckily we have that quality department. Like there's no getting around it. It either passes a quality test or it doesn't. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a maturing industry and it's maturing quickly. And hopefully FDA regulation um, will really um, push that agenda to even um, be a, a safer and better industry in the long run. And I know that process is unfolding and you know, no one seems to know how long it will take, but there's a dire need for some regulation there. But one thing that caught my eye about your brand is that you are U.S. Hemp Authority certified. From my understanding, they're taking kind of food grade FDA regulations and applying them to the CBD market. Is, is that generally what's what's happening? Yeah. Yep, exactly. So they wanted, um, you know, it was, it was kind of a subset of the hemp round table um, that said, you know, we need to be able to um, separate the good actors and the bad actors, the ones that really care about the quality of the product. And, um, you know, it is expensive to go through that process, but I also, I believe that they, they do do sponsorships for smaller companies. Um, again, because we believe that, you know, the, the core mission is to get quality CBD to the people. And um, we know that if there are those bad actors out there, which there are, and they're not going through the same quality pro protocol um, that could um, slow down the industry and restrict access to um, to people. And, you know, we believe in CBD and all the other minor cannabinoids and believe that it will improve quality of life. So long story short, um, you know, the hemp authority really stepped in 
and put a rigorous protocol um, and audit around um, CBD companies, you know, all the way from where they get their hemp and the testing that goes into it, um, their SOPs, um, their safety procedures, uh, the, and um, any quality manual. They, they look through just every little thing, um, how you're manufacturing it, and make sure that it's, it abides by the standards. Well, and I point my readers and listeners to a few select brands, and they're only U.S. Hemp Authority brands because I'm not a scientist or a chemist. So I've kind of outsourced my trust function to these people just the way you would with the Good Housekeeping Seal or the the, the Underwriters Laboratory Seal on products. And, you know, I, I think it's really needed when there's upwards of, as you say, maybe 3,000 brands out there, and some of them are fly-by-night for sure. Yeah, I... I just answered this for um, for a friend of a friend over the weekend. I said, how do I know if I'm getting a good CBD product? I said, well, other than going to cbdistillery.com, you know, you can just look for that orange seal. That's all you need to do. And you know that and you can trust that that's a good product. So you're spot on there. You guys, uh, as you referred to, you have full spectrum and broad spectrum and isolate. There are some companies in the space, I guess, you know, there are true believers in the entourage effect who don't provide the isolate. So what's your what's your thinking in um, providing all three of those? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I personally believe the entourage effect, you you get the best, um, uh, the best, uh, by far full spectrum is our, is our number one seller, and you get the best benefits from that entourage effect. Um, we had isolate and we still do have isolate. Um, that was a product that was really um, made for the individuals who were concerned about having THC. Um, or even trace amounts of THC in their products. So they're willing to go with what we believe is somewhat of an inferior product to full spectrum, still a good product, great product. Um, but um, I guess that's my personal, my personal opinion is that full spectrum is better um, and they can get it without THC. Now, now we introduced within the last two months our broad, because we finally got grass for a broad spectrum. And so we introduced uh, broad spectrum um, tinctures, which are slowly cannibalizing our isolate tinctures, um, which is exactly what we want. We want um, consumers, um, you know, they may not get the THC portion, but they will get some of the other minor cannabinoids, some of the terpenes that are also beneficial. Um, through a broad spectrum offering, but still have the ability um, to not have any THC in the product. Right. Some people still get drug tested or they may have concerns. I mean, it's a negligible amount, right? It's 0.03%, but if somebody really wants to avoid it, um, an isolate would do that. It, exactly. Um, and so, um, you know, we, we provide that just in case people do have that concern. I don't think I've ever taken an isolate and, you know, I, I take a lot of CBD and I, I use balms and stuff. Do you think the efficacy is, is different with the pure molecule? Yeah. So, and this is what's going to be kind of the next chapter of CBD other than regulation will be these clinical studies because there's thousands of them, but none of them hone in on, you know, what's the diff you know, what's the effectiveness of isolate versus full spectrum. Um, you know, personally, I like the full spectrum more because I think, like I said, like you said, there there is that entourage effect. You know, it's anecdotal evidence there, um, in my personal opinion. And I also um, enjoy the terpenes 
um, I believe that they have a relaxing effect as well. And that's what that's one of the things that kind of differs between brands is the terpene profile. One of the proprietary things that a brand can really um, dial into uh, in the CBD world. Um, but yeah, so I but I can't say that, you know, I can point to a study to say this works better than the other. With terpenes, there's room for a lot of in, innovation. And in fact, I noticed you guys were among the first with a with a CBG product that I noticed. So talk about the some of the possibilities there. This is a wide open field. There's room for a lot of innovation yet, right? Yeah, you're exactly right, Tom. It is completely wide open, and it's it's. One of the things, you know, other than the research and the regulation that we get really excited about and kind of geek out to um, are all these other minor cannabinoids that we've been experimenting with, um, you know, internally for the last few years. And now, you know, they never penciled out. They were always so expensive to um, get out of extraction. And now, um, especially with the abundance of hemp planted last year, um, extractors are turning to extract um, some of the CBG, CBN, um, CBC, and um, we have access to it. We can make it at a price that's, you know, accessible to our consumer. You know, we hope to bring those prices down in the future, but right now it's still somewhat of an expensive input cost, but there is so much possibility there. You know, we'll really have to look to clinical studies in the future to see, um, you know, provide the the extra level of uh, credibility to the products. But our, um, you know, internal tests and, and some other um, scientific studies um, have shown, you know, for example, CBG, which is the first product that we launched, and you can expect to see a lot of other minor cannabinoids from us here in the near future. But CBG, you know, really helps it with um, inflammation. So it's just more targeted than just having CBD. And, um, you know, I believe our consumers too are somewhat of a different type of consumer where they're, um, we kind of call them cannabis connoisseurs. And so they really take to new miners and uh, love to give us feedback on them. Um, but there's there's a whole new uh, market for every single one of those. And it's going to be really exciting to see them start to play off, play out now that they're more accessible. Yeah. CBG is kind of the new kid on the block. And is there evidence that it's a better anti-inflammatory than, than CBD? So there are uh, a number of, of studies out there that point to that. Um, but you know, we haven't done any internally yet, and that's what we're working on as well. Tell me, if you can, about your process for innovation. I mean, at the front end, there's a there's a plant geneticist who is going to try to grow a cultivar that has an elevated level of this or that cannabinoid. A chemist is going to be involved, and then you're going to have a process engineer. And do you do market research ahead of time to try and find what the market wants or how do you go about developing a new product so uh, for sake of conversation the um if if you would have asked me that question two years ago i just said we just put it out and see what the consumer likes um you know make sure it passes quality now um, as we've grown we have a much stricter and longer process um whether that's good or bad i i tend to think it's a good thing, but it does um, take us a little longer to come go to market with a product. But it's about a six to eight month stage gate process. You hit the nail on the head with a lot of um, 
you know, a lot of emphasis on looking at the market and making sure there is a market for it. Um, you know, making sure that we can get it in an affordable way that we can pass that savings along to the consumer and that we're not going to get constrained supply wise um, in the future. Um, and then there is uh, an abundance of quality assurance and then an abundance of legal reviews. So legal reviews, I mean, you guys have probably talked about it on the show before, but label reviews, um, labels, it's a nightmare for us because every state has different labeling requirements. You know, all of those things, even to the marketing launch plan to make sure that we're not, you know, making any claims that the FDA will get, um, we'll get a letter in the, from the FDA about, um, it's just, it's a long process, a lot longer than it used to, which kind of stagnates um, innovation from time to time, which is frustrating. But at the same time, we're making um, a less risky business decision, um, which is, is what you know we need to do. And we still end up getting it to the end consumer um, and collecting their feedback and making inter- in iterations to the product from there. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of a lengthy product process now. Yeah, regulation is a double-edged sword, I guess, right? But I can see where being U.S. Hemp Authority certified means you you do have these hoops to jump through. But as you do that, you're confident, and your customers can be confident that you're providing a, a safe product in, in the end. Absolutely. What excites you about this industry and about leading CB Distillery right now? Yeah, I think it's it's. I mean, the, what excites me the most about uh, leading CB Distillery and and um, you know what motivates me to get out of bed every day is there's not many individuals that um, and many companies that can really um, be part of of a movement and one that is improving the quality of life of so many. Um, Every single day that goes by, there's more people that are educated on CBD and have at least tried it. Some people don't get benefits, that's fine. But for the ones that do, um, you've heard the testimonials, you take it. I mean, it's it's a tremendous life change for them. And to be able to provide that to them, that's something special and something that's exciting. And this industry is just going to um, get larger and there's going to be more education, um, which is really exciting for us, which means more people trying CBD. Um, and there's going to be, um, you know, a higher, basically, um, a destigmatizing of the plant, um, which, you know, we continue to do on, on both the marijuana side and, and the hemp side, but, um, that's been a big challenge for us. So that's really exciting. As I mentioned before, the minor cannabinoids, now that we have, um, access to those, um, are, is going to be exciting. The research, um, especially once FDA regulation hits, it'll just open the door to so much research that can go on and we can start to um, really dial in on certain dosages, which is a little challenging right now. Um, and so that's that's also exciting. Um, and then it's just gonna be really cool to see, you know, cannabis product, ingestible cannabis products sitting on mass retail shelves. You know, every, have it be part of every everybody's everyday routine. Um, that's exciting as well. I think we've come so far one of my early earlier guests was Keith Strupp, who started uh, Normal, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws, 50 years ago. <laughs> I mean, and uh, for a long time, there wasn't much 
progress. But then when things up there in Colorado happened and, and out in California, and boy, we've come a long ways in the last decade. And in some ways, I feel like it's just in time. I mean, right at this moment in history, we need CBD and cannabis more than, than we have in a long time. That's my belief. I mean, I think there's more people more stressed right now than we've seen in a long time. Yep. You mentioned um, dosage. That confuses a lot of people because CBD can be subtle. I mean, it can be if you're not really sick or it's not super clear what you're hoping for. In my experience, it can be a subtle sort of result. How do you tell people to find the, the correct dosage? Yeah, and that's that's challenging and, and something that we're working on, getting better at educating the consumer on exactly how much to take. What we recommend is that our, our where we've seen the most benefit from individuals is really around that 30 milligram mark. Um, and so our number one seller is, is our um, 30 milligram per serving um, in each dropper. Um, really have them start there. And then they can go up from there easily by taking a dropper and a half or two droppers. Um, you know, we don't suggest more than uh, two droppers. Um, and then if it's, you know, some people do say it's too strong, they could take a half a dropper. But really starting at that 30 milligram mark is where we've seen, you know, if you were looking at a bell curve right in the middle. Um, and then there's just certain deviations off there. Yeah. So if you have like knee pain or something, that's fairly easy to, to judge if it's if it's helping or not. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are great. And then our, our topical products are also work pretty well for um, uh, really well for for knee pain or back aches. Um, and so sometimes we'll we'll talk to a consumer and, and kind of switch them out, see if it, if it works. So you were referring to sort of a enthusiastic customer base. Who, who, who are your customers? Are they athletes? Are they aging? Are they concerned with inflammation? Do they take it as a daily preventative? Or what do you know about your customers? Yeah, yeah. Our demographic is really 45 plus. Now we have a number of 25-year-olds, obviously, and some others. You know, we see this, this younger group that's really the cannabis connoisseurs. Um, that I mentioned earlier that really help us drive innovation are great sounding boards because they're very vocal on what they like and what they don't like. But when we look at our demographic and where we sell the most, it's it's split straight down the middle, male and female, and it's 45 plus. And those are also the, that's also the group that um, is taking it more often. So, you know, I believe that our, our um, compared to the industry, you know, we have over 60% of our um, customers when we surveyed them that said that they take the product daily, which you can see a tremendous, if you, if you ask, you know, the, how effective is the product, um, the people who take the product daily and, um, and the ones that also understand the endocannabinoid system, um, you know, they're, they're, um, they're getting a lot more benefit out of the product. There's still a lot of education to be done, but when you talk about the endocannabinoid system and the whole notion of homeostasis and just achieving that kind of balance, maybe you aren't attacking a specific problem, but you're keeping your body well-tuned. Exactly. That's why I take it every day. And I can, I can truly feel the difference when I take it and when I don't, because it's just a little more out of whack. Um, it really brings you back to homeostasis. And then you know, as where I sit, I have to dig into the to the education behind it. And, um, and man, it is just ex 
really exciting and cool to read about how CBD interacts and other can cannabinoids um, and natural occurring cannabinoids in your body interact um, with your physiology to, to um, push you back into homeostasis. 45 is when you're maybe just beginning with a little insomnia and the joints are a little creakier. There's a lot of compelling reasons as you age to kind of medicate with CBD. Absolutely. Chase, what else should we cover that we haven't covered? No, I think we, we touched on a, a lot of great things. You know, the quality um, aspect of the industry and how that's going to change the destigmatizing of, of hemp. Um, we talked a little bit about the FDA. You know, um, I think that, that that will help destigmatize. Uh, like uh, we saw this huge jump in, at the end of 2018 with the 2018 Farm Bill because just you know, the, um, the passage of that bill gave so many consumers the, the credibility um, for CBD that we needed and, the, and, you know, destigmatizing the plant to push them over. So, you know, I think, if, I think we've covered a lot um, so far. So I don't know, is there anything else that you'd like to dig into? Well, one thing you just mentioned, um, the FDA, and I don't know if you have a feel. I mean, I don't know if the industry, uh, my sense is the industry is beginning to get to the point where there's the things that other industries have, lobbyists and trade organizations. Is there a feel within the industry for what's happening with the FDA and when to expect something? Is there frustration? I mean, it seems to me that they've kind of dragged their feet, but but I don't know. Maybe that's just the, the pace at which they do everything. Yeah, it's really hard to, to say if they've drug their feet you know they obviously got hit with a worldwide pandemic in the middle of all this i got to give them a little little credit there um but the industry desperately needs it um and so we're hoping one of one of their kind of last sticking points is um in the gw pharmaceutical studies which is um, a cbd product but it's at very high dosages much more than 30 milligrams a day i think it's it's something like five or ten milligrams per kilogram of weight. So you're up into the seven to a thousand, the 700 to a thousand milligram range. Um, but with, with that, there were some um, liver enzymes, small amounts that showed up in some of their studies. So I think the FDA is just looking to make sure that at the levels that we're providing, um, there aren't any liver enzymes. Um, and that's actually, we're part of a study right now with um, Charlotte's Web and Canaway and some other larger um, CBD companies um, that are looking at those liver toxicity levels in our product. And I think once we can provide them that, um, along with some other, uh, I know there's some other companies that are working on it as well, I would hope that they get more comfortable and can, can move forward with regulation. I mean, they know that we need it as well. Um, and they have they have the budget to do it. Um, so we're hoping and hopeful for uh, early next year that there's regulations in place. Could could be earlier, could be later. Um, kind of a, a moving target, <laughs> one of the many in this industry. Well, and like you said, there's there's other stuff going on. And, you know, and it's such an unusual circumstance. I mean, I, I think I've heard that normally bringing a drug to market takes 10 years and a billion dollars. Mm -hmm. And th this isn't a typical quote-unquote drug. It's a, it's an organic substance that people have used for thousands of years, but we're trying to productize it in a way that is that consumers can have confidence in the safety of it. And, and that might be a different beast for the FDA altogether. I don't know. 
Right. It's it's extremely uh, complicated um, because of the GW pharmaceutical um, epidiolex drug. Because um, like you said, people have been using this for centuries. Um, <laughs> it just happened to be technically illegal, um, you know, before 2014. So one more question about sort of the future of the industry of those 3000 companies, uh, a good percentage are, are probably going to fade away. Uh, no one's got a crystal ball, but obviously we can we can anticipate consolidation, probably some acquisitions and mergers. And in the end, I don't know if it looks more like, you know, the alcohol industry or, or aspirin manufacturers, but what do you have any expectations for, you know, five years out? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like you said, a lot of those smaller companies um, will end up folding, um, you know, there's going to just like any industry, there's going to be a handful of of brands that win. Um, and who's the best position to do that? And, and we believe that we are. There'll undoubtedly be consolidation. We already saw it with Charlotte's Web um, purchasing Abacus, um, which is a CBD medic brand, I believe, the um, uh, topical. And I, I believe we're going to see more of that um, just because it it makes sense. Um, you know, if you can kind of couple some brands up with with upstream capabilities with extraction, um, you know, you can really have a powerful machine to move forward. Um, so I think you hit the nail on the head with with the consolidation in the industry, especially after the FDA regs um, come out. I don't want to ask you to give away too much, but is is that part of your strategy? Uh, you know what? It's it's always um, always discussed within our organization is where are the opportunities? How can we fulfill our vision and mission of the company to get high quality CBD um, at accessible prices to everybody and really um, be leaders of the CBD movement? And so if it falls into that in our strategy, then we're um, eyes wide open to any opportunities. Cool. Well, I'd like to add that listeners can get 15% off at CB Distillery with the coupon code KBOOM at checkout and like to ask where where can we find you online yeah you can go to cbdistillery.com and you guys are on twitter and facebook as well and instagram yep perfect we'll look for you there chase thanks so much for taking the time to talk about the brand and uh it it really is an exciting time and uh i'm really pleased to been able to get the story from you and to tell our listeners about it thanks tom i uh, enjoyed talking about it You've been listening to the Cannaboom Podcast with host Tom Stacy. If you like the show and want to know more, please check us out at Cannaboom with a K.com. And please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. See you next week.